No, I listen to it all the time. I tell all my friends to smack it raw. Podcast contains mature content. The views and opinions expressed by the host are not necessarily those of the host. Listener discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Return to Wrestling, that podcast that turns back time to back when sports entertainment was still called professional wrestling. I am your host, the warden Matt Ritter, and I am back again with my co-host, my tormentor, the man that's forcing me to sit through this shit. Sir Cussalot, Travis Pointer, a.k.a. the Dragon King, a.k.a. Big T, a.k.a. Sweet T, a.k.a. T-Money, a.k.a. T-Bag, a.k.a. Black Merlin, a.k.a. the HNIC. What was that? I think I got them all. Man, this was rough. So if you guys are new to the podcast, um, and you shouldn't be, you guys go listen to the audio versions, go watch the video versions, obviously. Um, we are now, I believe, on episode seven. Sure. So uh, <laughs> I think that's where we're at. Um, so if you're listening to this, uh, one through six are out and available. You guys can go get caught up. We are working our way through Monday Nitro. Um, we started at the very first one in 1995, and we are now in 1996, uh, right after Uncensored 96, which was a shit show. It was the alliance to end Hulkamania, and I was hoping it was the alliance to end the Dungeon of Doom, and that all this shit would be done and over with once we finished with Uncensored. But no, no, we pick up March 25th, and everything gets so more confusing, so much more confusing, because I don't know who's on whose side anymore. People are doing shit that they shouldn't be doing. People that are supposed to be... That's because you're focusing on too many details. There's only one story you really need to be paying attention to here. Which is? Which is the one that I told you is going to look very familiar to you because it's familiar, you know, similar to something that has happened recently on WWE television. One that's going to look very familiar to me because it's similar to something that's happened on WWE television. Yes. There is a certain um, angle that involves divorce that has happened recently on WWE television. You were very upset. Nothing. And you were very upset at this man's reaction to the to the proceedings that were happening during that. Now, was Macho Man Randy Savage's reaction to the things going on better than Rusev's? Way better. <laughs> Way better. Is that what you wanted? Is that what you wanted Rusev to do? Yes, that's how you should be reacting. <laughs> um, and we are going to get into that. Uh, first off, we kick off March twenty fifth, Nitro. Uh, with a match with the Macho Man. Uh, he takes on the Belfast Bruiser, who uh, we're just going to keep calling Fit Finley because that's who the fuck it is. Mm-hmm. 
fans are going nuts for this match, and I think they're really just going nuts for Macho. It's for the Macho Man, like, yeah, yeah. It really surprised me that a Fit Finley match, like or Macho against Fit Finley, got this kind of reaction from the crowd. They were just hyped to see to see Randy Savage, man, because they knew Randy Savage was going to give you everything he got every time. So they were hyped for him when he came out. And then right after the Macho Man's match, we slide right over to Ric Flair doing a promo, which is something he is going to do every single week for the next 27 weeks until we get to Slamboree because that's how many fucking episodes we had to watch. <laughs> Sometimes more than once week. a week. Sometimes more than once in a Nitro. <laughs> he sure doesn't look like he lost, though. I mean, he didn't come out on the winning end at fucking Uncensored, but he's out here. That belt was fucking huge. Woman is holding it, and it is like the entire size of her torso. Like, And still has Randy Savage's name on it. Yep, still has Savage's name on it. Elizabeth is there, and let me tell you something. Elizabeth does not make a good heel. Like, they tried. Nah, There's just something about her and her demeanor. You can put her in leather and stick her with Ric Flair and have Ric Flair kiss her hand and do all this shit, but she just does not come off as the bad guy. Because like, she has too much of that lovable, you know, nice girl look to her. It's just what it is. And so you see her, and you're like, oh, she's doing such horrible stuff. And then you look at him like, oh, she's so cute, though. <laughs> There was this weird subplot here about Ric Flair defending his title against Lex Luger and Lex Luger, like, not showing up. And here, Flair was babbling on about, you know, defending his title against Luger. I just kind of tuned out because I didn't care um, about Lex Luger. I knew well, Lex Luger was Because they were trying to keep it ambiguous as far as is Lex on their side or is he not and all that kind of shit. But there are no sides, and I cannot wait till we get there because everything is all fucking up in the air. Nobody, nobody is on anyone's side. It's all fucking confusing. Um, next up, we got Conan versus Mr. JL, or as uh, ECW fans may know him, Jerry Lynn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this was for the U.S. title, and instead of talking about the match, the commentator spent the entire time talking about the macho man mm-hmm. yeah yeah that happened how he's pissed at flair and then uh how macho man was going off in the back and they were trying to kick him out of the building which never happened <laughs> i mean you can talk about the match did you enjoy the it match? it was a good match i mean mr jl's fine i i prefer jerry lynn to this masked version of him i told you i don't like what conan's wearing right now but he's doing some i mean it's not for 1996, it's cool shit, but nowadays it's it's not anything spectacular. Like if you can look back at it and be like, okay, for the wrestling that we got back in 1996, the stuff they're doing is cool. But we've seen guys like Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic, who are way bigger than Conan was at this time, doing far more impressive things than what Conan's doing in this match. So in '96, this was great. Looking back at it from 2020, eh, it's a good match, but it's just a match. It's just your average run-of-the-mill, should we get you, which I guess is a statement on the fact of where we are in 2020, where what would have been an impressive set of moves and a very, like, they talk about the cruiserweight division, and I know Mr. JL and Conan fall into that, even though it's for the U.S. title. They Not do kind really. of fall into that. Not really. Well, Conan Chris Benoit... Eddie ben Juan, Ben Juan, Eddie Guerrero, dude. Conan does not. 
he's doing cruiserweight esque shit for yeah. someone his size. Yeah, but he's not a cruiserweight. Point being, this was like the hot division. The stuff that was going on at this time was like a big deal. And it obviously influenced this generation of wrestlers now because that's what all of our matches look like to mm. an extent. This is not a good example of that, though. Why do you say that? Because this, this is just not what you get in the cruiserweight division when it's coming up. What you're seeing right now. Oh, no, no, no. No, no. I'm not saying in the cruiserweight division. I'm saying in wrestling as a whole in 2020. This is oh, okay. a Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre match because they're both big guys, but they can still do this shit. It influenced the wrestlers we have now. Not the cruiserweights, the wrestlers mm. we have now. Okay, okay, okay. We got a little bit of disco fever. He's out here trying to hock his CD. Uh, he takes on the booty man and disco booty, 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 booty. the booty man feels like a 70s porno. Mm -hmm. And I was worried that it was going to be a 70s porno where the girls never came. But Kimberly did come down. The booty uh, babe. She, booty man makes out with her. And for the first time in my life, I wanted to be Hulk Hogan's friend because this is the kind of perks that you get from being Hulk Hogan's friend. It's true. You get to make out with diamond Dallas and Paige's wife. Yeah. Yeah. This is true. Also. I want you to picture something, Travis. I'm going to picture like, something. The booty man's fine. It's, it's what it is, right? It's not. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not sure fine it's. at all. It's fine. <laughs> It's it's, fucking it awful. is what it is. It's, know that. Hey, it's okay. It's better than anything else they had him do. Oh, anything they had him do? Uh, yeah. I like the disciple. But anyway, go ahead. I was going to say, except for maybe the disciple. That was probably the best thing he did in WCW. But imagine this. If they had held off and waited for him, and they had made the booty man the renegade, he would have made a much better renegade than whoever the fuck the renegade was. And he would have pulled off a much more believable impersonation of the ultimate warrior. He may have actually got renegade <laughs> off the ground because he would have had the machine of Hulk Hogan behind well, him. Well, there was, pushing there, him. Was, there, there was a lawsuit involved in that too. They kind of derailed that, but you know, I'm just saying we could have had booty man as the renegade and it would have been so much better than the renegade that we got. Possibly. Um, then we got the American males, uh, losing to Sting and Luger for the tag team titles. Uh, this is more of this Sting Luger fucking weird, like Luger's walking and he's waving and high-fiving fans until Sting turns his back and then he starts ignoring everyone. And then Sting turns, turns around, looks at him again. He's like, yay, what's going on? And this gets so weird because we're doing this. And then later on we stop doing this. I don't uh, I don't know what's going on, and I kind of wish they'd just end it. Kind of like Sasha and <laughs> Bailey. Like, just get it over with. This is basically Sasha and Bailey in 1996. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It is. Um, also, I found out that we can blame Sting for Buff Bagwell. Oh. They, men they mentioned that Sting brought in Buff Bagwell <laughs> to WCW. Sting... <laughs> Vouched for Buff Bagwell. Sting is the reason Buff Bagwell's here. And that's why when Luger was going off on Buff Bagwell, Sting tried to stop him and took it to heart and had an issue with it. Didn't like the way that Luger was treating Buff Bagwell. So thank you, Sting, for giving us the guy whose mom shaves his ball sack and became a male escort post-WCW. 
look, he gave us great moments also. So, yes, thank you, Sting. What great moments other than – I mean, he didn't give us Judy Bagwell on a pole. Vince Russo did. Yeah, she but I'm talking about – like, when he was with the NWO, he gave us some good stuff. I think you finally remember Buff the Stuff a little better than Buff the Stuff actually was, Travis. Well, why would you say that for somebody who really didn't watch stuff? So you don't know. I'm pretty sure you're remembering it a little different than it happened. I'm, oh, no. I, I remember things very accurately. Rose-colored like colored glasses. Like I've told about you about everything stuff. that we're watching now. I know what's not good. I still enjoy it even though it's not good sometimes. Because, you know, I told you, I, lo- I enjoy bad wrestling. It's funny to me. But I'm not saying I enjoyed Buff because he was bad. I'm telling you, there were genuinely good things that happened with that Buff was involved in. Okay, we'll see. Um, and here's where my issue begins. Because first off, we defend the WCW World Heavyweight Championship in the main event of every single episode from this Nitro all the way through Slambury, which isn't a problem, except it almost always ends in some bullshit like it does here tonight. Except here's for when it doesn't. My, except for I when it doesn't. Almost always. Yeah. But just last night, if we're talking Monday Nitro, the night before the 25th was the 24th, March 24th was uncensored. So just last night, the Dungeon of Doom had an alliance with the Four Horsemen to take on Hulkamania, the Mega Powers. All right. Great. After that, if the alliance is done, it's done. So Flair versus the Giant, whatever. But why the fuck does Kevin Sullivan, the leader of the Dungeon of Doom, come down and hit the giant, his client, someone that's in his stable with a chair to help out Ric Flair when he's not a fucking four horseman. Something happened. I don't remember what it was. Yeah. Kevin Sullivan came down and hit the giant. That's what happened. No, before that, something happened. And I'm trying to remember now. Nope. Nothing happened. Yeah, it was. I'm trying to remember. Um, Because it made sense to me when it happened. I'm trying to remember why. Fuck. It was something that happened that uncensored. The Loch Ness thing? Because he wouldn't listen, he fought the Loch Ness? Maybe. I don't remember what it was, though, because when I watched this a while ago. I don't remember. But I know there was some reason why it made sense to me when I saw it happen. But anyway, go ahead. Whatever. Well, if it made sense to you, you're fucked up, because this makes no goddamn sense. Well, we already know um, I'm fucked up. That has nothing to do with anything. So... Before we even get into all that, Macho Man comes down as Flair's making his entrance and tries to attack him. He gets stopped on the rampway. Liz throws money in his face. Woman slaps him while he's restrained. Can we talk about the money that Liz is throwing? Okay, go ahead. Supposedly, Macho Man has all this money that she's just taken from him, but somehow it's all singles. What's the problem? If it's so much money, why is it nothing but singles? Because it's probably what he had on him. And being a newly single man, there's a place that you go to get some companionship after your wife. No, 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 no. She didn't just take that money from Macho Man. She's had this money. That money was taken from a while ago. So if she has all of that money. She may have made an alimony payment at the beginning of the night when he got there. And it was all in singles because it was what he had left over. Alimony payments don't get made in cash, sir. They do if you get paid in cash. And they don't get paid in cash. They get paid in checks. We don't know that. We do know that. 
You don't know that. We do know that. I have never seen a wrestler's paycheck signed You've never by seen WCW them get paid in cash Trump. either, so why are you assuming they get that paid That is a lie. When? I've seen the million-dollar man pay people in cash plenty of times on okay, live Matt. TV. Okay, Matt. Okay, Matt. If that's, if that's your barometer, okay, we'll go with that. Sure. I'm sure. just saying... Every time money's exchanged on TV, it's always in cash and never in checks. It's a briefcase full of money, shit like that. That's that's what I see on TV, so that's what I go by. I'm assuming that Randy, maybe he missed a payment, so he just gave her a bunch of singles because that's what he had on him from going to the strip club. Because apparently in the 80s, and I can't wait to get to that, they were doing a lot of coke. And we're going to talk about that later on because it's important. This is the 90s, though. Well, he's an 80s wrestler. In the 80s, they were doing a lot of coke. It doesn't mean he didn't bring it into the 90s. It's just where it started. Also, want to point out the fact that we just got into a position where you were actually defending what was happening in WCW while I'm trying to argue against it. But anyway, keep going. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, he's <laughs> restrained. Um, the giant keeps taunting. Like, it's like playing a video game and your taunt button is stuck. Like, you just keep taunting over and over and over again. Like, yeah. Through the whole match, he just keeps taunting. He does a move and then taunts and then does a move and then taunts and then taunts he, some more. He's got to build up his special. <laughs> uh, you know, this is the 90s, so it was, you know, like um, WCW versus the world. So he had to build it up and then get ready to do the strong grapple and then flick the control stick. They're choking the giant with piano wire here. Flair's flopping around like a 2K20 glitch before he gets choke slammed. Then we're back to where we talked about Kevin Sullivan, some for some reason, helping the four horsemen coming down and hitting the giant with a chair. Um, Arn gets choke slammed, and then the ref throws the match out, and it's a DQ. There's your finish. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I think it has something to do with the fact that Giant hasn't been listening, and he's trying to rein him back in or something like that. Whatever. Keep going. I will say this, Travis. The one bright spot in this series of bullshit that I had to watch, mm-hmm. including Slambury, I think there was only one, maybe two episodes of Nitro that actually had Hulk Hogan on it. It was a very <laughs> Hulk Hogan light series of Nitros, and I don't believe he was on Slambury. No, he was not. Yeah, no. So that was a plus. Um, Moving on to April 1st, April Fool's Day. Uh, we get a little bit of that during this episode of Nitro, which was fucking stupid. Um, we start with Giant versus Sting already in promise or in progress. progress. <laughs> yeah. Um, apparently, Jimmy Hart paid off the Giant to fight Sting instead of team with him versus Harlem Heat. Like, this is another weird thing where for some reason the Giant was going to team with Sting to take on Harlem Heat and Jimmy Hart instead, who is, by all accounts, the Giants manager, paid the Giant and Harlem Heat to not have a match, and then the Giants fighting Sting. Yes, no, this is as stupid as it sounds as I'm saying it, ladies and gentlemen. This is fucking terrible. No, I think Uh, what was supposed to happen, I think he paid off Harlem Heat not to have the match. Luger didn't show up. So he paid the giant to go out there and fight Sting instead. No. Protecting Lex Luger. You are incorrect. 
what happened was Luger didn't show up. So somehow the giant was made Sting's partner. And then Jimmy Hart, who does not like Sting because he feels like Sting is stealing his Lex Luger away from him, paid Harlem Heat to go away so that they could have a one-on-one singles match. But the giant, from what they said on the episode, was scheduled to be Sting's tag team partner in a match against Harlem Heat. Yeah, because Luger Luger didn't show up. Yeah, but why the giant of all people? Why not Hulk Hogan or the Macho Man or the Booty Man or probably because he was anyone being else? Because he was being replaced with another one of Jimmy Hart's clients. It made sense. It did not make sense at all. It does make all. sense. Let's say it you're an not. agent, right? Let's say you're an agent, and you know some TV show wants one of your clients. Problem is, your that one client can't make it. So you're like, well, he can't make it, but this other guy over here is awesome too. Take him. Same thing. Except Sting hates Jimmy Hart and that whole thing and doesn't make sense why he'd be like, yeah, okay, and take that guy as his partner. You don't have to like somebody to work with him. Sting does because he's that baby face. Eh. Anyway, it doesn't matter because Luger comes down to save Sting which Jimmy Hart is not all happy about. And without touching anyone or doing anything, the ref just throws the match out. It's over. Luger came down, got in the ring, match over. We're done. Yeah, they didn't want to do it in the first place. It wasn't really supposed to be a match. You're like, you know what? Fuck they, it. If you're going to act like this, fuck it. We just won't have the match. <laughs> they treat them like little kids. <laughs> they can't, f- like, the endings to these matches are just like, I'm watching and I'm watching and I'm like, Okay, this is how we end it. Oh, yeah. WCW is awful at finishes. Speaking of which, uh, we got the Steiners versus the LOD versus the Nasty Boys. Um, What the fuck is an ant? Like, like Johnny Grunge is out here dressed as Brian Knobs. They call him anti-Knobs. He takes Knobs' place and gets pinned pretending to be Nas. Knobs doing Knobs' cosplay. Like, costing the Nasty Boys the match, giving the Steiners the win. You just explained it. What's the problem? It doesn't... I mean, it doesn't make I guess... sense because you just said it. You just said the whole thing. It makes perfect sense. Pu- Public Enemy is basically the Nasty Boys, so I'll... I, yeah, I they, have a, they already had a rivalry going on. Um, you just forgot. And then the Booty Man and Hulk Hogan take on the Taskmaster and Arn Anderson, which, again, I don't understand why the Taskmaster is working with the Four Horsemen. Where the fuck the Dungeon of Doom is, because apparently they're just gone, or they're relegated to WCW Saturday Night, which we are not watching. And by the way, by not watching that, we are missing a lot of shit, because there's some shit that happens later that I'm like, where the fuck did that come from? Why did that happen? Oh, yeah, that other show that I am not going to watch. That's happened to me on other stuff, too. Like, I've recently been watching, like, you know, some Raws from from days past like i'm watching raws from 99 and there are a lot of times this is back when like sunday night heat actually mattered it's like there were big shit that was happening on sunday night heat and so they come in the raw and i'm like what the fuck is going on and like like 10 things happened on sunday night heat the night before so yeah yeah mm-hmm. same shit back when sunday night Heat was actually kind of important yeah yeah i, I don't even liz and woman are down here with them because i mean reasons like it's not flair it's not hogan 
they're not really the managers of the four horsemen. They're definitely not the managers of Kevin Sullivan, even though I believe Kevin Sullivan and woman are married at this point. I'm not sure why they're down there, but they're are down they, there. Are they still married? Or have they? I think split? so. When did they? Split? I don't think they've. I think they split during the uh, Kevin Sullivan Benoit angle. Hmm. Okay. Um. The only positive thing here is the booty babe Kimberly Page, my favorite WCW female of all time, is down here, and apparently someone cranked up the air conditioning uh, in the building. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. And seems to do that every time she comes out. Definitely. And it's fantastic. It is. It um, is. Bobby Heenan claims he's retiring from professional wrestling during the broadcast, and that turns out to be the one April Fool's joke that we get for April Fool's. Um, Hogan's big boots are fucking awful, and this like really bad in this match. Like really, really, really exposing the business bad in this match because Hogan is really, really, really bad in ring. Garbage terrible awful pile of shit we, we've talked Bad. about his big boots before why'd you why, what's your reasoning for bringing it up now what's, what's because your, he did like three of them in a row and they all suck they all look terrible we already know your opinions on Hulk hogan's wrestling sir all right look you just wanted an excuse to trash hogan so you went ahead and did it okay but like we've you talked are gonna about. force me to watch hulk hogan then i'm going to trash hulk hogan until he shows me that he isn't trash. Guess what? This match didn't do it. Um, Kimberly Page does then also give Hulk Hogan her shoe because woman gave Kevin Sullivan her shoe, and Hogan hits Kevin Sullivan before Kevin Sullivan can hit Hogan and gets the pin, and they're both laying there with shoes in their hands. Hogan, being the disrespectful jackass that he is, doesn't give Kimberly her shoe back. He just leaves it in the ring. So Booty Man has to go back and get it because at least he's got some common decency. Well, and no, he, he, was trying to, he was leaving it for his boy because his boy was supposed to be the knight and shine armor for his girl. He's like, yo, go get your girl's shoe and be that nice gentleman for her. You know, look good for her. He was That's not true. Hogan's like, thanks for the shoe. Fuck off. And then left because he only cares about himself. Did you hear him say that? You didn't yes, I did. You didn't I did. I did. 100%. You're assuming he's Fuck said off, that. brother. <laughs> Fuck this shoe. <laughs> um, yeah, so Booty Man gets jumped because he had to go back for Cinderella Slipper. It's bad. Uh, and then we find out that the Booty Man apparently has a special match in mind, and this sounds awful, and the whole thing is just cringeworthy as fuck. I don't know why the Booty Man is coming up with special match ideas. They do this thing where he whispers in Hulk Hogan's ear and Hulk Hogan gets all excited and Gene's like, well, can you tell us what it is? After he said, I can't tell you what it is. <laughs> and, um, you know. Oh, then we get Ric Flair versus Luger. I don't know why this is a thing, but we're doing it. Lex Luger is your tag team champions. Mm-hmm. He will, at some point, I'm assuming on Saturday night, become world heavyweight or world television champion for reasons. No, and he didn't already have that butt when he came out? Not at this point. Huh. I thought I remember seeing and, that happen before. Okay, go ahead. 
And right now he's facing Rick. It Flair. would make sense for that to happen on Saturday night, though, because they did defend that title on Saturday night a lot. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Keep going. The world heavyweight champion in the main event. Mm-hmm. Why is Rick Flair? Why is Lex Luger in these? Why is he a double champion that's facing? Like what the fuck? He's a tag team wrestler. He's a tag team champion. Go fight Harlem Heat. Go fight the Steiners. Go fight the Nasty Boys. Go fight LOD. Why are you in every goddamn division but the cruiserweight division right now? You suck, too. You're Hogan 2.0. the fuck off my TV, Lex Luger. He's the total package, man. Woman throws coffee in Lex Luger's face, giving Ric Flair the win. Yeah, this is the one when she grabbed the coffee from the yard from like the somebody in the audience or some shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's April Fool's Day. And then uh, we miss a week. There, there is no April eighth, but we do have an April fifteenth Monday Nitro. I have not said Monday Night Nitro yet, and I'm very proud. Not of yet, this. not yet. <laughs> this is the last time we see Hulk Hogan. He has a match against uh, Taskmaster and Arn Anderson. It is a handicap match, and the rules state that if Hulk Hogan wins, he gets his choice of any manager that the Taskmaster slash Arn Anderson has. That is ringside. He gets them for five minutes to do with whatever he pleases. If the Taskmaster and Arn Anderson win, they get to rape Kimberly Page in a (laughs) two-on-one for five minutes. Because that is exactly the way the commentary team made that sound. <laughs> it was creepy as fuck. <laughs> and it doesn't get better. Because if they're gonna if they're gonna non-consensually tag team Kimberly Page if they win, that means that Hogan's plan was to do the same thing to whichever manager he chose. And uh I mean, oh no! Oh, see, I fucked that up. Let me let me do that again. Okay. If Hogan wins, he gets five minutes alone with the manager of his choice. If he loses, Arn Anderson and Kevin Sullivan get to DP DDP's wife. <laughs> I don't know which one was better. Oh man, I like the second one a little bit better. DP DDP's wife. Yeah. For five minutes, five minutes only. You better be quick. Um, it looked like Hogan was looking to get DP'd, um, but I guess he ends up settling for Jimmy Hart after he wins this match because, of course, Hogan wins this match. Um, and this is where the cocaine comes in, Travis, because Jimmy Hart knows where Hulk, Hulk Hogan and Macho Man come from and what happened in the 80s, and he knows that Hulk Hogan has an affection for cocaine. So he takes a handful of it and throws it in Hogan's face, hoping to distract him. Unfortunately for Jimmy Hart, though, Hogan is an old pro. He just inhaled that shit in one breath, hulked up, and went to town. Um, he's throwing Jimmy around, ripping his shirt off. He's just trying to get his pants off so he can get, get to business. He's all coked up, ready to go. Uh, the Giant comes down and saves Jimmy. Hogan no-sells a choke slam on cocaine. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not bullshitting you. With a nose full of white powder, he gets choke slammed from Andre the Giant's son, or so they tell us, and stands right up from it because only someone on cocaine would be able to do that. 
So it had to be cocaine. You can or say Hulk whatever Hogan. you want. Or Hulk Hogan. No. Coke Hogan. I mean, you know, he's popped right back up after getting hit upside the head with a chair before. So, you know. Then he slams the giant and almost slams Jimmy, too. Almost. 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 He was in a rage, man. Yeah, Coke rage. <laughs> his eyes were... Or his, Pupils were dilated. His eyes were big. He had no control. There's no way that you were able to see his pupils on that shit. Those shitty cameras they had back then. I have a big TV. Doesn't matter how big a TV is. Once you get in that close, it's pixelated because they didn't have smart, strong enough cameras. I'm going to go back and get a picture of his dilated pupils. (laughs) Sure you are. Post post powdering. Okay. Post Jimmy Hart powdering his nose. Um. (laughs) Nasty Boys take on Public Enemy in a hardcore match. At least I think it's a hardcore match because at some point, Public Enemy, every match they pull out a table and they put someone through a table and they stopped, like, DQing them for putting people through the table. I don't know what the fuck's <laughs> going on with the rule. I feel like this this WCW is, like, the first month of AEW where they just haven't figured out what rules they really want to go with or what the rules are yet. People get DDT through glass tables and we don't DQ them. We're putting people through regular tables. We're not DQing them. Like shit needs to get figured out. Well, I mean, you know, if you really think about it, the table's just on the side of the ring. They didn't like, you know, they just happened to fall through the table. You know, it's not their fault. Nasty boys. It's furniture. Nasty boy. You don't you don't DQ somebody when they throw somebody into the ramp, not into the ramp, into the uh, barricades. You know, it's just there. It's no, but if you put them through a table, you DQ them. Nah, maybe if you pull the table out during the match and set it up during the match and all that, maybe. But if the table's just already there, you know, they before the match, after before, their entrance, before the match started, though. Before but it wasn't the just started, already there. It was already okay. there before the match. When started. Ric Flair, when Ric Flair starts doing his banquet shit, and they're gonna go choke slam someone through the table, the refs waving him off because it'll be a DQ. That table was no, already there. The ref that was waving him off because he didn't want him to put somebody through a table. No, it's uh, the referee's that, job to maintain order. <laughs> yeah, and going through tables is not maintaining order. Yeah, he was able to that stop is, him that time, but he wasn't able to stop him with the table on the side of the ring. Illegal. Um, the Nasty Boys win that match, but Public Enemy then takes them out post-match. And then we have the Earl Bobby Eaton versus the Macho Man. And I i don't even care about this match. I'm just curious as to why we have a British stable that isn't doing stable shit. Like, why are we not utilizing the Earl Bobby Eaton, the Squire Dave Taylor, and Lord Stephen Ringle better we have There's a three-man group. There's actually four of them. Couldn't tell you because he wasn't on TV this month. I know. They were doing more before this. Before Nitro? Yeah. Well, that doesn't help me any. Nope, not at all. start watching stuff before Nitro. I know. I know. But they're not going to be around long enough for it to matter anyway. So keep going. Uh, Bobby Eaton loses the Macho Man. Uh, Eaton mimicked Flair during the match, which made Macho Man go into... A uh, a rage, almost a coke filled rage, but without the coke. But I said it was no coke um, involved this time, though, Matt. He went berserk. Well, we don't know if he did a bump backstage. We found out that apparently New Jack was doing bumps backstage. He was high every match, every <laughs> fucked up thing New Jack did. He was high during. Mm. That's how he. That's how he started every conversation on that episode of Dark Side of the Ring. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you got to see that back when it came out, 
but he started that off with, I was high as a motherfucker. I was really <laughs> high. And then I threw that motherfucker off a scaffold. And then I stabbed that 78-year-old man. Like, <laughs> I was in the back doing coke. And then I did this fucked up shit. Like, so apparently, this is a thing, Travis. It happens. Um, this is an ECW, sir. A bunch of guys backstage tackle Macho Man because he's freaking out. They handcuff him. Macho Man's knocking out refs. He was like, this the one when he like out. dropped yeah. the elbow like seventeen times. Yeah, <laughs> he wouldn't stop. So they handcuff him to get him out of the ring. And then our main event. So week one after uncensored, we had Flair versus the Giant. Then we had Flair versus Luger, and the Giant versus Sting. And now we have Flair. And the Giant versus Luger and Sting. Because whatever happened between Flair choking the Giant with a piano cord and Kevin Sullivan hitting him with a chair, we have just magically made go away. And now they are a tag team. Um, The enemy of my enemy is my friend, sir. Apparently, Flair's fucking everyone's wife. He's fucking Kevin Sullivan's wife. He's fucking Macho Man's wife, and that's not enough. So he starts going after Mongo's wife because a very young and uh, not as enhanced as I'm used to seeing, Deborah McMichaels is sitting ringside, and Flair just keeps flirting and going after her. Uh, she keeps br- at this point she's brushing off his advances. At this point, um, and apparently Mongo at least up to this point, seems like a cuck because let me tell you, if my wife was ringside and Ric Flair and his baby arm walked up to my <laughs> wife and started offering her things and kissing her hand and shit, I would have been out of that commentary booth and I would have had my boots so far up the Nature Boy's ass. I would not have let it got that far because this man has slept with 10,000 or 100,000 or some, some crazy amount of women, which means he is very well-versed in the art of wooing. And I don't mean... Woo! I mean, wooing women, ladies and gentlemen. He figures, you know, Deborah's cool. She ain't going to do shit. He's a charmer. Well, I'm sure Macho Man and Kevin Sullivan's thought the same thing. Maybe. Um, it really didn't even look like Deborah, though. Like, at first, I, I literally, I was yeah. like, yeah, if they didn't tell me I'm it was looking, Deborah, I wouldn't, have re- I wouldn't have realized it was Deborah either. You know, I'm looking at her. I don't even think I heard them say it was Deborah, but I'm looking at her and I'm like, okay. And I'm like, wait, wasn't Mongo married to? De- Holy shit, is that Deborah? Yeah. 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 Um, woman goes to use her her uh, coffee gimmick again, but this time she misses Luger. She had her own hits, coffee this time. Mm-hmm. Hits Sting. Causing a DQ because we end Nitro on a DQ. I don't know what you want me to say to this dude. Over and over and over again. I've told you they're shitty at finishes. And then they're trying to push, oh, Luger ducked on purpose. So Sting, at least Bobby Heenan is. And at some point, for whatever reason, Bischoff has handcuffs and handcuffs Bobby Heenan at the commentary desk before we go off air. They were like extras from when they tried to get Macho Man. Right, but why did he handcuff Bobby Heenan? Because fuck Bobby Heenan. Better question, where the fuck are Mike Tanay and Tony <laughs> Schiavone? 
Patience, sir. They were at Slamboree. They were at Slamboree. Mike today showed up as some kind of fucking expert at Slamboree, and we will talk about that. And Tony Schiavone was on the whole show. Why the fuck is the voice of Nitro not the voice of Nitro right now? Because he wasn't the voice of Nitro yet. We are quite a ways into Nitro. We are like seven months into Nitro, and I got no Tony Schiavone. And Nitro only lasted a few years, Travis. I'm not not even happy. You're not even one year in, sir. Calm down. Almost. Nitro lasted all the way to 2000. It's 1996. April 22nd. They tell us all the titles are on the line in the main event. And what they mean is all the titles that are held in the main event are on the line because the U.S. title is not on the line. True. This is where Luger showed up with the TV title. And I was like, when the fuck did Lex Luger get a TV title? And this is also where Eric Bischoff refers to WWE as the World Whining Federation and gives away the results of Monday Night Raw. Which, if you listen, you hear what the card was, you're like, yeah, I probably wouldn't have cared about that either. (laughs) I highly disagree. I was listening to what he was saying, and there was at least one match in there. I was like, you're fucked up because that sounds like a damn good match. Which one? I don't remember. You don't even remember it. You don't even remember it. That's how... That's how intriguing. You know how much bullshit you made me watch that I'd have to remember one good match mentioned for oh, Monday oh, Night Raw? So you complain about all the bad stuff, and they give you something you're intrigued by, and you don't even remember it. See? No, they gave me something WWF that did that I thought, oh, that doesn't sound like a bad match. That was my – it was literally half a second. Bischoff's wrong. That doesn't sound bad. I think it was Mankind's match. Pretty sure he said Mankind. Is taking on somebody. I'm like, that doesn't sound bad at all. Yeah, but it was that somebody. Was it. it was somebody non-consequential, though. That's the thing. It was just like, eh, who cares? And eh, maybe not 1996. Um, we kick it off with Public Enemy versus the American Males. This match ends because they threw someone over the top rope. Because that is still occasionally, whenever they feel like it, a fucking finish. It's still a DQ. Knocking somebody over the top rope is a DQ in WCW. Why are you looking at me like that? Because Bill Watts has been gone long enough for us to get rid of this bullshit. Still there now. And then, ladies and gentlemen, they start you, discussing. Hey, you the, complain about them not enforcing rules, and then they enforce rules, and you get mad about it. Make up your mind. No, I'm just I'm complaining about them not enforcing standard rules across just about every major wrestling promotion. And I'm complaining about them using stupid fucking rules that only, I honestly don't think they're enforcing them all the time because I'm pretty sure, and I shouldn't really pay attention, and maybe next month I will. I'll make myself a note to see who gets knocked over the top rope or goes over the top rope or if they're going through the middle. They don't. I've they got go to through see. the middle. You got to pay attention. This is true. I've they got go to the see. Middle. They go through the middle. Anyway, Mean Gene starts announcing the worst fucking wrestling idea I may have ever heard. The Lethal Lottery. <laughs> so apparently, at Slambury, we are going to get a bunch of uh, fake random matchups that are going to pit tag team partners fake against random. each other. They were random, Matt. <laughs> it was random draw. That are going to pit all of these tag team partners against each other in the first round of a tournament. And then the second round... We get down to uh, however many fucking teams are left over. 
that win the second round. And then those guys go into a over-the-top rope battle royal called the Battle Bowl. Except when you get down to the last two guys, it is then a singles match that is won by pinfall or submission. Incorrect. Okay, because was the Battle Bowl not an over-the-top rope elimination match? Yeah, you can do over-the-top or pin throughout the whole thing. They just didn't do it. Okay. Well, I did, I missed that part then because I saw how the person won the match. Yeah. And I saw how everyone else got kicked out of the match. Yeah. It's, it's actually, those are actually the rules in, um, in World War III also. Just nobody does it. Let's also be clear that technically the Battle Bowl is contradictory to the rules that WCW establishes because if you throw someone over the top rope, you are DQ'd. That's so everyone the that point, threw- Matt. It's something different. That's just like saying if, having a no DQ match goes against all the rules they put in place before. Yeah, because it's something different. It's a different match. No, no. There are no, Travis. Having a no DQ match means that there is no disqualification. And having an over the top rope battle royal means going over the top rope is legal. Not in a company where if you throw someone over the top rope, you are disqualified. So if everyone that's in any other match, over, if you hit somebody with a chair, you're disqualified. But in a no DQ match, you're not. Same thing. I disagree. It is contradictory. You cannot give me a you're not allowed to throw people over the top rope and then give me a match where you throw people over the top rope. That makes no goddamn sense. Yes, it does. Because then that's contradictory match as fuck. is what you can do. It is contradictory as fuck to do any kind of no DQ. Because it goes against everything that you were supposed to be taught to do as a wrestler. If you were told you could not throw people over the top rope, then you stick them in a match. They're not. It, no, it doesn't make sense. Stop trying yes, to defend does. this. This is bullshit. Yes, it does. You just don't battle want ball, it to make sense. You battle ball and lethal lottery are makes sense. fucking stupid. You've decided that nothing here makes sense, so you want to argue that this doesn't either, which it does. It doesn't. It does. Um. Mean Jeans, lead the lottery drawing announcement. We find out that Macho Man and Flair are going to be tag teaming together. Holy shit, the two guys that hate each other because Flair's fucking Macho Man's ex-wife who's taking all his money and took his title, they're going to be a tag team. And guess who they're taking on? Arn Anderson and Eddie Guerrero, who also apparently have a problem that we probably heard about on WCW Saturday night, but has not made Nitro. I don't think uh, Eddie Guerrero and Arn Anderson were supposed to have a problem. Then why did Ric Flair say we're going to take care of both of those problems, Macho Man and Eddie Guerrero, on the same night? Because they ain't us, so we're going to fuck him up, too. Well, he referred to Eddie as a problem, so. Yeah, because he was in the way. <laughs> uh, mean Gene really tried to convince us, like, that this was legit. Uh, management's concerned with Macho Man, apparently. Something about WCW City Hall which made no fucking sense. And then we were told that there are going to be unspecified ramifications against Macho Man. Yeah, okay. Because he comes down all pissed off about being Flair's partner, and they're basically saying the Macho Man has lost his fucking marbles and needs to go seek professional help. And I don't understand how anyone can see what's going on to the Macho Man and not understand where he's coming from, why he's acting the way he is, or think that what he's doing is anything but normal. I mean, it's also just not normal to, like, fuck up people that have nothing to do with the situation, though, you know? And we got 
Chris Benoit versus Eddie Guerrero. Benoit wins this match, and this is a cruiserweight match, but this is not what you think of a cruiserweight match being in 2020. No, no. no. Not, even is... what you would, not even what you would think of a cruiserweight match being like late 96, 97, you know? It's just... I'd say more 97, because right now, Rey Mysterio's not there. Psychosis... They get there in 96. Like, they get there in 96. Not... All those people get here in 96. Oh, you said late 96, and yeah. we're not in late 96. So. Exactly. In early 96, I mean, this is kind of the cruiserweight division, is Dean Malenko and Benoit yeah. and Eddie Guerrero, and these are the kind of matches you're getting. Um, Malenko and we got around, but Benoit moves on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Duggan versus Ming. I hate this, Travis. I hate this so much. What is this tape fist bullshit? I don't know. His, his he did it earlier. Why he was would, doing it at... My thing is, why wouldn't he just tape his fist before the match? <laughs> like, just, Everyone tapes their fist. What is this? If you tape your fist, it makes your fist harder, so you you throw knockout punches. Like, a bunch of people tape their fucking fists. Like, yeah. why isn't everyone throwing knockout punches? And, yeah, yeah. And if it somehow makes his punches that much stronger, why wouldn't you just tape your fist before the match? Yeah. Why are you wrapping? Like, he's trying to wrap it up during the match. And is that illegal? Like, it, it looks like he's trying to hide it from the ref. Like, I don't know what's going on. I feel so bad for our hoe, Jim Duggan. Hello! Uh, Duggan wins, though, with the tape fist. Remember when I got yelled and at then, by Mr. Thompson? Yes. Because <laughs> he thought I was actually, like, calling somebody a hoe. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. This hacks all Jim Duggan. There's a lot of things from wrestling that we used at a uh, non-denominational private Christian school that uh, got us in trouble because none of wrestling in 1996, 97, 98 was appropriate for a non-denominational <laughs> private Christian school. Oh, man. Yeah, there was a whole lot of getting in trouble for, uh, for, for the uh, inappropriate gestures and, you know, so, chopping of the crotches. <laughs> We have a rematch from last week. It is Flair and the Giant versus Sting and Luger. And the way this match works is if anyone pins Ric Flair, including the Giant somehow, he becomes world heavyweight champion. If He said including Sting, the Giant somehow. They mentioned that the Giant could turn on Flair and pin him and become champion. It was something that they Did they mention that, that or, did Bobby Heenan just, or did Bobby Heenan just randomly say that stupid shit? Because Bobby Heenan randomly says shit that makes no sense. Was it Bobby Heenan that said that? Let me ask you a question. Who is the smartest man in professional wrestling? Besides me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bobby Heenan. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean smarter people don't have stupid moments. If Sting gets pinned, then Flair and the Giant become the tag team champions. And if Luger gets pinned by anyone, that person becomes the television champion. And they win the tag titles. And they win the tag titles. Um, Flair is back to hitting on Deborah. Pretty sure Mongo McMichael. I was I was at this point pretty sure Mongo McMichaels was a cuck because he was just watching Flair basically get ready to fuck his wife, and he wasn't doing anything about it. This was much more Rusev, Lana, Bobby Lashley <laughs> than the other shit was. I mean, Flair's um, not outright making out with his wife yet, though. So, you know. Machu comes down, attacks, and then gets arrested. Flair gets DQ'd by hitting the giant with coffee. More terrible promos. 
Giant versus Flair next week for the title. Yup. Because the Giant is basically Captain Insano in his promos, and it's awful. Oh, you don't like the Giant right now? No, I do not. Not on the mic. There's a reason you're with Jimmy Hart. Let him talk. You're right. April 29th, we open up with Harlem Heat versus Sting and Luger. Harlem Heat loses Sting and Luger. Thank God the tag team champions are actually having tag team matches against other tag teams. Um, this is for the tag team titles. Jimmy Hart's throwing in a towel. And this is another thing that they've kind of brought up where Jimmy Hart's like throwing towels in the ring for some reason. Yeah. And it never really got explained or tied up or why it was happening, but it's happening. Uh, Harlem Heat catches the towel, though. I don't know why. Like, if Jimmy Hart throws in the towel for Lex Luger, does that mean they forfeit? But if they forfeit, they don't lose. It's like, why did Booker T stop the towel from being thrown in and catch it? Why did they shift their focus to Jimmy Hart instead of tag team shit? Like, there were a lot of things going on here that I had questions about that didn't make sense. Because I feel like if you throw in the towel, you forfeit. And if you forfeit, you lose. And if you lose, you lose your titles. So why would you not want them to throw the towel in? Why would you fuck that up, Booker T? Because you are not the Bubba Ray of the tag team. Stevie Ray is. Well, Goddamn sir. Devon over here fucking shit up. <laughs> well, here's the thing, sir. We've already talked about WCW and their finishes. So I have, to, I have no defense for this. All right. <laughs> uh, Sting, Sting then, using a distraction from Jimmy Hart, rolls up Booker T to get the uh, the win. We're going to say that Sting didn't see it because that's not very Sting-like. Also, by the way, don't like this Sting. I, I was, don't I like meant to, I, sting. Meant, I meant to ask you how you felt about this Sting. Thanks for bringing it up on your own. I don't like this Sting. And here, I don't like – I'm not a fan of Surfer Sting. I don't like that, that whole – super uber baby face like even with the dark hair he's still kind of surfer sting yeah he's still doing that uber baby face superman-esque character that i just i'm not a fan of so you're not gonna like staying till like august anyway keep going probably well there's no probably because he, this is the same thing you're gonna get until like august uh scott norton and ice train are now put together in a tag team called fire and ice because yeah because of their gear. <laughs> yeah. Because Scott Norton's gear just happened to have fire on it. I don't even know if it did before, but it does now. It, it, it did. It did before. Okay. Um, and they lose to the Steiners in their debut. Yeah. Well, yeah. Steiners are the ones that – Steiners are one of those tag teams that push, and Fire and Ice was just there to feed, to feed them. Travis? What, women? Fuck you. Um, <laughs> Scott Steiner – is impressive as fuck watching him do i mean the frankensteiner in itself is impressive as fuck steiner looks weird with this mullet long hair bullshit i can't wait till he cuts his hair and becomes big papa pump and you know starts taking steroids um all that fun stuff but what he does in the ring is impressive as fuck at this point mm -hmm. i've got to give it to him um Flair has another promo with Mean Gene, and Mean Gene asks him if he's worried about the Giant. And Flair says some off the wall shit, but he's like, Look at woman. You see, woman? Do you think I'm worried about the Giant? And I'm like, well, What the fuck does looking at her have to do with you being worried about the Giant? Look over here at Liz. You see, Liz? Do you think I'm worried about the Giant? I'm like, Listen, I don't care if you're having a fucking threesome. There's a seven foot four, 400 something pound 
fee-fi-fo-fum motherfucker coming to snap your goddamn neck. I don't care how much pussy you surround yourself with. They won't be in the ring with you to save you. So this doesn't make any goddamn sense, Ric Flair. I mean, maybe he's just thinking like, yo, no matter what happens after this is over with, I still got them. Unless the giant rips the baby arm off. I mean, unless you die. You got a lot yeah. to worry about. Then, then you yeah. got a loss there, but you know. Uh, Finley loses to Regal in a parking lot brawl that started in progress. That was fucking insane. I love this Finley Regal shit that we got. They're pile driving each other on top of fucking on top cars. of the car, bro, dude. And Herm, he actually got hurt in that match where he couldn't participate in the pay per view because he almost died. <laughs> yep, he got taken out. And there's a crowd, so like I'm trying to figure out: did they have the crowd in the arena leave and go outside? Or were these people just chilling outside that came to watch the spectacle? Like, where did that crowd come from? They filmed that another time. Shut up, Travis. You're asking questions. I'm, I'm telling you how it happened. You don't know that. Yeah, we do know I've that. I've ne never heard that. I don't know that. You know um, how. <laughs> and then we got the first of many, many Glacier commercials. This is Glacier, right? This that That's the Glacier commercial? Yeah. That's what we're yeah. seeing? Yeah, that was Glacier. Yeah. That's Glacier. Really? Already I was, in 96? I, I, was, I was wondering if you knew what that was. Yeah, that's Glacier. Well, it's either it's either there were only two Mortal Kombat s characters, and that's Glacier and Mortis, and I'm pretty sure Mortis wasn't ice. So yeah, right. it's Glacier. Right. Um, and then Flair loses to the Giant for the title because apparently he wasn't worried. Well, he should have been because he ain't got a championship no more. Um, that's what I was telling you, man. Like, you know, they defend him every week. I'm like, oh, no, always get thrown out. Not this time. And then Jimmy Hart says some of the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. Jimmy Hart gets on the mic and says, Ric Flair and Mike get to go home with two women, but I get to go home with the champ. <laughs> oh, yeah. I Ric, Flair, Ric Flair might get to go home with Elizabeth and woman, but I get a hairy seven foot four motherfucker. But he's got a big belt. <laughs> the giant is your champion technically he at this point he's a two-time champion but he's only is recognized it, as a one is it, time is he champion is he, is he technically a two-time champion are we really he gonna beat hulk hogan no yes, he didn't he beat hulk hogan he did he did they not. stripped him of the title the next night he walked out as champion i specifically dying, i specifically Travis. remember having this conversation with you sir he did not yes. win that match he lost he won that match no he did not Nah, he won. No, nah. he walked out as champion. He did not. He walked out as champion, and Hogan walked out after getting butt fucked. If you say so, without a belt, without a belt. Greatest thing in WCW history is watching Hogan get sandwiched between the Yeti and the Giant, and then dry fucked by a man wrapped in toilet paper, which now would be offensive because nobody can get toilet paper. <laughs> I should get a bidet. Two-time champion, only recognized as a one-time. Um, then we kick off May 6th with Macho Man versus Hugh Morris. Okay, so he was Hugh Morris, and he was General Rection. Wasn't he something else in between there? No. Okay. The match gets thrown out because Macho tries to kill Hugh Morris. Uh, then Randy beats up a ref and gets escorted out. Oh, no, this is where he was dropping all the fucking elbows. This was the match. Right. 
Right, right. He's trying to kill Hugh Morris. The ref gets in the way. He takes out the ref. An elbow drops the ref. Drops an elbow the ref. Another ref comes out. Then he comes down and gets grabbed and escorted out by cops, but doesn't get arrested. Uh, they just keep ringing the fucking bell, and I'm like, listen, ringing the bell is not... Like, you don't give a fuck about that, bell. If people are physically coming in the ring and he's not stopping, you ringing the bell isn't going to change what this man is doing. <laughs> Stop ringing the goddamn bell. You're just getting on my fucking nerves. Uh, Honestly, then we got like this stuff like during this time because we talked like this is some of my favorite Randy Savage stuff. Just seeing him going fucking nuts is fun to me. I feel like it's very true to the real Macho Man. Probably. He was like, uh, I can just picture him in the back, like, all right, Eric, I'm just going to go out there and I'm just going to start dropping elbows on everybody. I'm going to drop like 50 of them on you. Then I'm going to drop like three on the referees. And, then just, somebody, and you like, just send out all the cops. <laughs> they can't stop me. I'll go on my own. And I'll beat them down. I'll drop elbows on them too if they let me. <laughs> you do a better macho man than me. Um, we had Dean Malenko versus Jushin Thunder Liger. Which, by the way, I am in a Discord uh, with the guys from the Smacked Raw podcast mm -hmm. from when I did that show with them. Mm -hmm. And there is a thing in Discord where, like, you get to play Pokemon in Discord where you're chatting. Like, you pick your starter, and then as you chat, you level up the Pokemon, and the thing will drop a random one, and then you type a certain thing to catch that Pokemon, so on and so forth. I started with a Litten, and I named him Jushin Thunder Litten because apparently that's the thing is finding clever ways to incorporate wrestlers' names into the name of your Pokemon. It is not my favorite thing. Okay. So I have, I have Jushin Thunder Litten. I have Decidu Ivar. I have uh, Hangman Agron Page. And I think that's it so far. But I'm working on it. You and all these new Pokemon. Yeah. You need to catch up. No, I'm, I'm good with the original 151, sir. Go ahead. They also let us know that Ray Stevens passed away. The original Crippler, yeah. the man that, you know, Chris Benoit eventually was named after. At this point, is still named after. Um, then we got Flair babbling about something, feeding Mean Gene champagne. He offers some to Deborah. Deborah pours it out. Mongo's like, yeah, that's right. That's my wife. She don't need him. You need, to get to, you need to get down there and break that shit up. She don't need him to break it up. Um, and then we get another Glacier and a Slim Jim commercial, and I really miss these Slim Jim commercials. Never do Slim wish, Jim. I wish they would just bring these back, and like whoever is left, like Lanny Poffo, like give Lanny the shit, like yeah, whoever, just let keep, him get the royal. Bring back the Macho Man Slim Jim commercials, because I will go buy Slim Jims if you bring me back Macho Man <laughs> Slim Jim commercials. You know what? I have no reason to yeah. buy them. Yeah, yeah. But if you put those back on TV. Yeah, I don't really like Slim Jims, but if you give me Macho Man telling me to snap into a Slim Jim, I'll go get a Slim Jim. Those and the Allie Landry Dorito commercials. Like, I haven't bought a bag of Doritos in a long time, but if you bring back Allie Landry, oh, the 3D, the really hot chick that did the 3D Dorito commercials. I got to see it. Oh, yeah, you, you know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, do that. Uh, Sting defeats Regal. And then we got the Giant versus Duggan. Because Luger didn't show up for his match against the Giant for the title, because this is the thing that Lex Luger does is he's like, I'm tag team champ and I'm TV champ. The fuck, I need to show up for title matches. Like, he, um, he just couldn't make it, man. He had, you know, traveling issues. 
He got there. Flair and the girls. Flair and the girls are eating at the banquet. Let me tell you something. The giant doing this choke slam is my favorite version of the choke slam that Paul White has ever done. All right. He drops down on his knees. Yes. And the force that he does it with, the way he makes it look is just fantastic. I don't like him on the mic. I think Jimmy Hart should be talking for him. Yeah. But the way he delivers his finish is great. Um, and then the entire lower mid card come out and the giant just manhandles each and every one of them hitting choke slams left and right. Yeah. I don't know what Flair they, hits they were going to do. Yeah. I don't know. Flair hits him with a wooden chair. Sting comes down and saves Flair for some reason. Um, what was he just attacking giant. the giant? Technically he saved Flair. Yeah. I guess you could say he was coming down to save Lex Luger because that's his tag team partner, but Lex Luger was out of the way. Flair was getting beat up. Sting got involved. That he was puts more correlation than causation. The giant in the death lock, but Jimmy Hart breaks it up. Luger comes. Oh, Luger does show up. Yeah, so he can stay. That's right. Because it was the Doug. It was Doug. So he come. He came down the same Jim Duggan and Flair and like a bunch of lower mid card guys. Like get the fuck out of here. Sting had no reason to be down there. Um. When Luger comes down, Jimmy calls the giant off, and then we've got more drama between Sting and Luger. Why did he call him off when you showed up? Where where were you? Why weren't you out here for your match? The fuck do you care? He's the one that didn't get a world title match. Why are you so worried about it? And it's Since actually Steph obvious, you know, Jimmy Hart don't want his clients fighting each other. Makes sense to me. Well, we're going to have Lex Luger camping out at the arena spending the night to make sure he doesn't miss the match because he's like, what, you've never missed a flight before? You've never missed a match before? You've never done this? You've never done that? Yeah, man, shit happens. Um, May 13th, we've got the Steiners defeating Public Enemy. This is the Frankensteiner that I was very impressed with. Um, Dave Taylor, the Squire, loses to Chris Benoit. Talked about the British faction. Uh, Macho is barred from the arena, but Mongo has a plan. So Mongo meets Macho Man outside. They're not letting him in. This is where Mongo finally grows some balls and says, listen. He goes out there and says things that have absolutely nothing to do with the Macho Man. (laughs) I've got a plan to take care of this fucker who's fucking with our wives. Don't worry about it, Macho Man. I got a plan. Travis, I'm not exaggerating when we get to it. This thing with Macho or with uh, Mongo is my favorite thing that I watched the entire time. It was in my because Why? in my opinion, it was the best segment of all the shit you made me watch. I mean, Promo, this was the, the execution, play. the surprise, all of it was the best thing I saw. Yeah, I guess it was, you know, a surprise for you because you didn't know Kevin Green was coming. Okay, that makes correct. Sense. Makes sense. Um I don't know. I enjoy seeing Macho Man going nuts, so <laughs> I was. No, I understand that. that. Mongo did say something about how Flair messed with his family in the locker room. I don't know if that means he fucked his wife in the locker room, and Mongo found out about it. I, I, that part lost me. Um, Flair takes on IRS and wins. Then he's got an interview. Apparently, that is BK Park- Wall Street, sir. Apparently, after Flair defeated IRS, he let us all know that VK Wall Street is his name. Address Dolly him Parton properly. Road Space Mountain. 
Apparently so. I'm just I I'm impressed. Why? This is this is par for the course for Ric Flair, man. Uh, uh, no, no, no. Ric Flair has had sex with thousands, hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands of women, but Dolly Parton is a superstar with the biggest mountains he's probably ever climbed. Yeah. I don't know. Just the idea that Dolly Parton rode Space Mountain. Well, you got to think, you know, back in the day, Ric Flair was motherfucking Ric Flair. Like, he was on some different shit back then. That's the thing. Yes, because Dolly's from the South, and but he was only motherfucking Ric Flair, like, in the South. And she's from the South. You just said it. Uh, yeah. But I wasn't thinking that. I was just thinking, oh, it's Dolly Parton. And as you were talking, I that kind of dawned on me. So, yeah. As things if start it was, to come together, give it a little more thought, you realize it makes sense. I don't know. Um, and then we got Luger versus the Giant for the title. Um, they do talk about Luger's forearm, and it reminded me, isn't he supposed to have a steel plate in that motherfucker? I think it's supposed to be in his elbow. No, it's his forearm because he hit Yokozuna with that steel-plated forearm to power slam him in 1994. Oh, who did the bionic elbow? Dusty Rhodes. Okay. I'm like, I remember hearing something about a bionic elbow before. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Luger was the forearm. Dusty was the elbow. Gotcha. Did he get the plate removed? Is it not a thing in WCW? Do we not? Does Cannon not follow from corporation to corporation? Yeah, why would it? That was a WWF thing. When he was the narcissist. I don't know why. I don't know why. Well, he was not the narcissist at that point. When he first got the thing about the about the about the forearm, yeah, he was still the narcissist. No, when I'm talking about when he was bashing Yokozuna in the face with it to get that slam. Yeah, I know, but US it started while he was the narcissist. I'm sure, but that's not what I was talking about. I was. But talking you're talking about Lex Luger in WWF. I specifically brought up a moment in time where he was supposed to have a metal plate. Yes, and I was just mentioning point, when it started, sir. I was just mentioning when it started. God, you're difficult. Um, you're just making it difficult. Luger gets put through Flair's table. Sting checks on Luger. That's the end of the... That's the end. Finito. Then we get to Slambery. And lethal lottery in the battle bowl. So I, I, I intentionally didn't mention these matchups other than the Macho Man one because they don't matter. When we got to them. There's no point in talking about them at Slambury if we haven't taught if we already tell you what's going to happen beforehand. They don't, they don't matter. They really don't. Uh, our first match is Hawk and Luger versus Animal and Booker T. Because as Travis tried to say. These random matchups are not random at all because the whole idea here is the LOD are going to have to fight. And I'm not going to lie to you. I was actually kind of excited to see if Hawk and Animal were going to go at it. You know what they didn't fucking do? Go at it. Yeah, no, they teamed up. Ended up being a double DQ or whatever. Match gets thrown out. Neither team advances. The Steiners. What about the Steiners? They were against each other, too. Well, yeah, but we're not there yet. No, but you were saying you were excited to see what would happen with that tag team. I mean, you got others. That's all. I have, but here's the thing. 
I have seen some WCW stuff. I did not watch religiously. I did not watch week after week. One of the things I have seen, Travis, is Rick versus Scott because that was a prominent feud in WCW later eh, in the years. That was a different Rick and Scott, though. Uh, then Public Enemy apparently got lucky, and uh, no one wanted to be on their team separately, so they got to stay together. No, they just taking you know, on. They were randomly put together. They just got the luck of the draw, man. Taking on the, especially after the recent, within the last few months, release of Dark Side of the Ring, the Chris Benoit story. It's really surreal pairing of Kevin Sullivan and Chris Benoit as a tag team. Um, apparently the Taskmaster is from the Iron Gates of Fate, and I don't know what the fuck that means or where that is or why that's a thing, but good for you. When does Kevin? When does Kevin Sullivan go away? When is he not on my TV anymore? When do we stop having him in stories? When is he gone? Ninety seven, ninety eight. Like when can I just 90s. expect this motherfucker to go away? It happens in ninety six. Um, Calm down. This is where they go through the table, and I want to know why this is not a DQ because they put Kevin or they put Benoit through the table uh, to get the win. Public Enemy get the win by putting Benoit through a table and then pinning him, and the Taskmaster limps away and kind of pretends like he's trying to get back to the ring. Like I don't know, it was fucked up and weird and stupid. Um, and we got Pittman. Now this was my favorite one, Travis. Pitbull. Yep. Pitbull Pittman who I just learned about watching the show. No idea who he was before that versus Scott Steiner or with Scott Steiner versus the booty man and Rick Steiner. Now this is why this is great. One Pittman is managed by who they are calling the Godfather. We know this is not the Godfather. This is Teddy long, mm-hmm. but we're not going to call him Teddy long. Cause he's not Teddy long here. This is not the Teddy long. I know this well, is Chubby the, long. Yeah, they must say, yeah, they call him the Godfather Teddy long, but yeah, yeah. You know, this, this is chubby long. This is like, Chubby Teddy Long. He is managing Pitbull Pittman. As you said, we get to see a preview of what we get years later with Scott and Rick. Um, and then, of course, the booty man is out there. And if the booty man is out there, the booty babe is out there. And as I have stated, Kimberly Page is my favorite thing from WCW. And the air conditioning, again, was cranked up. More than major guns? More than major guns. <laughs> More than Shay. And I used to love Shay. Shay's a good one, too. More than Fire, more than Paisley, more than Charmel. Tigress? More than Tigress. I know you love Tigress. Tigress is my favorite, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> more than whichever one fucking Shawn Michaels married. More than Stacey Keebler, more than Tori Wilson. Overall, Kimberly Page is my favorite. More than Daphne, and Daphne is really my speed. <laughs> Kim, Kimberly Page. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, that's that. Pittman and uh, Steiner lose to the Booty Man and Rick Steiner. Blue Bloods lose to Duggan and IRS because Duggan taped his fist again. I feel bad for that British faction. Um, and don't dirt, British. Dirty Dick Slater team. Oh, and this is also this is, that is, is also is, the match. This is Colonel Rob that, Parker's Dirty Dick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Blue Blood match was the match that it was supposed to be regal in the belfast bruiser but he could not compete so he got the squire dave to replace the belfast bruiser and then they lost to a jim duggan tape fist yeah, with cause, irs because regal killed uh, 
Colonel Parker's dirty dick. Where the fuck is Sherry Martell? Aren't they married? Wasn't that that was just happening? Like where where did that go? Mm. I think she got. Um, think she they got married and they just fucking. He's like, all right, I'm a southern gentleman, which means you got to go home and cook me meals. And you can't be on TV yeah, no I more. Think, I think this you is fucked she, up. I think she's been released at this point. Um, they defeat what will become in the future the Dancing Fools. Disco Inferno and Alex. And Alex, right. I love seeing the Dancing Fools now, knowing what the Dancing Fools will be later. This was a nice little thing there. Um, Yeah, yeah. Then we have DDP and the Barbarian versus Hugh Morris and Ming. Um, DDP and the Barbarian win, but they do this weird thing here where Ming thinks he won because he's pinning DDP, but Ming and DDP aren't legal. Yeah. So there's no way that this could be a double pin. Yeah. And they're not really explaining that on commentary or doing a good job. Like They're like, oh, no, mm. the ref made the right call. Yeah. One thing not really. To... Go ahead and finish this, but just I got to remember to tell you something about the commentary. Go ahead. Okay. They're not really doing a great job here of, like, clarifying why – Ming, you know, like I know why it makes sense to me why I understand why, but like Ming didn't seem to understand that he wasn't legal and couldn't get a pin, and the re- they're not really playing that up or giving that to the audience. Anyway, go ahead. What about the commentary? I would just wanted to mention that in this commentary is like you know the dynamic you like you're seeing it here the dynamic between Tony Schiavone and uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan. So much fun. Like, it really reminds me of us. Like, you're trying to be Tony Schiavone, and I'm just constantly fucking with you. Like, Bobby's always fucking with Tony the whole time. It's fucking great to me. I feel like we're more of a gorilla Bobby Heenan mixture, but... Maybe. Um, but just hearing Bobby Heenan, like, constantly poking at Tony the whole time is so much fun to me. He doesn't do that as much. When... When... Is it after this that Mongo leaves commentary and Tony takes over? Is that when we get Tony on commentary after this? I don't remember exactly, but you know they're going into that when he once he starts going into that program with Flair is when it stops. So it's coming soon. Big Bubba and Stevie Ray lose to motherfucking Fire and Ice. I mean, Fire and Ice is some big bad motherfuckers, though. The big boss man. And the Bubba Ray Dudley of the greatest tag team in WCW history lose to Scott Norton and some dude named fucking Ice Train. Yeah, there's some big bad motherfuckers against a team that had never tagged together before. Listen, Stevie Ray could tag with anybody. He tagged with motherfucking Ahmed Johnson. He could tag with anybody, Travis. He is that damn good of a tag team wrestler. It doesn't matter who you put him with. This is some bullshit. Stevie Ray is the best part of Harlem Heat. That's disrespectful, but go ahead. Then we got the Macho Man and Flair, and somehow, despite the fact that Flair and Arn use this as a way to beat up the Macho Man and Eddie Guerrero, they get the win, so Macho Man and Flair move on, but Savage is just getting double-teamed and jumped. And Yeah, we, well, we had, you had to know they were going to find a way to just fuck up Macho Man. Like, it made it pretty clear that's what they wanted to do. Mean Gene's having a blast out here. He's got Hooter girls all around him. I didn't even realize, like, I was looking, I saw the orange shorts, but they had black shirts on. I'm like, 
I didn't realize they were Hooters girls. Yeah, why didn't they first? have the tank tops on? That was weird. I don't know. Yeah, it was they had name tags. Let's say he couldn't get their names right, even though, even though they had on name tags. Uh, yeah, and then he's like, "Oh, don't worry, honey. I'm just looking at your name tag." I'm like, "No, you're not." No, you're um, not. <laughs> one girl was doing this weird thing where every time she looked at the camera, she opened her eyes really wide, like crazy psycho, <laughs> like. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I didn't any man that, that found ooh, mm. um, fire and ice get the bye for round two. Gene announces the round two matches. Then we've got a cruiserweight title match, and I want to take this time, Travis, to talk about something very interesting. So, Dean Malenko is taking on Brad Armstrong. Do you know who Brad Armstrong is? No. Brad Armstrong is part of the Armstrong family. Are you familiar with Bullet Bob Armstrong? No, I know there's a referee we have right now called uh, what's his name? Um, is it Scott Armstrong? Yep. Yeah. Are you are you uh, familiar with BG James Armstrong? Yes. 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 No. 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 It's not BG James Armstrong. So Brian Armstrong, I guess we yeah. go with the fa- family last name is James. Real life shoot name. Last name, James. B.G. James. Real name. That's his real name. His dad's last name is James. His brother's last names are James. But, yes, this is the Road Dogs family. Tell me, looking at this guy, how Road Dog was the most famous, successful member of this family outside of maybe his dad, probably more so than his dad. Because he could talk. They look nothing alike at yeah. all. Road dog could talk though. Um, Dean wins, and then we got Dirty Dick and Eaton defeating IRS and Duggan. There's a thing here where V K Wall Street, sir. IRS misses and hits Duggan. V K Wall Street misses and hits Duggan. Duggan punches him back, costing him the match, and then Duggan goes after IRS. It's all weird. Goes after VK Wall Street. As a fan of his child, I refuse to disrespect the great IRS by referring to him as anything other than his most famous character, which is IRS. At this point in time, the name he went by was VK Wall Street. You that leave was Mr. Rotunda alone. That is his character. That is who he is. Public enemy defeat Ric Flair and Macho Man by default because Macho Man wants to flight Flair, so it's a forfeit. Mm-hmm. So they get in. So now Dirty Dick Slater and Bobby Eaton are in the battle bowl. Public enemies in the battle can we, bowl. Can we just continue to refer to him as Rob Parker's dirty dick? Sure. Okay. And then DDP and the Barbarian defeat the Booty Man and Rick Steiner. We have talked about, I think we've talked about, I'm pretty sure we've talked about, I don't know, we talked about a lot of shit. How DDP is my overall all-time favorite WCW wrestler. How I was disappointed the way he was treated in WWF. More so than staying, that's interesting. More, we've talked about this and you had the same response last time was i was i sober uh probably not yeah so i don't remember you but, saying that <laughs> travis 
think back to grade school. Think back to Calvary. Did I run around yelling it's showtime, folks? Or no, you ran around yelling, "Oh yeah." No, I ran around yelling "bang" and doing the diamond cutter after every time I made a basket in basketball, which was only once in every like fifteen shots. But when I did, that's what I did. You said "oh yeah." No, you went "oh yeah" when you hit a shot. No, I did the bang when I hit a shot. Ooh, yeah, was a voice that I did when I was doing voices along with Alibaba and a few other things. Mm-mm, dude, I, I specifically that. remember you going, ooh, yeah, if you hit a shot. Because I also remember having <sighs> a conversation years later when I specifically brought it up to embarrass you in front of some people and you acknowledged that that was what you did. Anyway, go ahead. Keep going. Double date. Don't worry about it. Continue. Did it embarrass me? Not really. You just didn't. We, we like, I brought it up like I was going to mention it and I didn't actually bring it up. And then you came back later after they were gone and told me you knew what I was talking about. Anyway, continue. Okay. I don't remember that at all either. But yeah, it's weird. I, I know it's weird that I do remember that because yeah, we were like, I know I used to do the bang all the time, and I used to throw up the diamond cutter sign all the time. I remember you doing that, but specifically when you hit a shot, it was oh yeah. But anyway, go ahead. Um, Conan defeats Liger for the U.S. title uh, or to retain the U.S. title. Um, Flair says Macho Man is arrested and is getting a psych evaluation. And this is where he calls out Mongo McMichaels, who shows up. Flair then hide, hides behind Arn. Flair tells him, you know what? You think you're such a big man with your Super Bowl rings and your Pro Bowl and everything like that? Well, this is wrestling. So you go get any one of your friends, any one of your friends, and come on and get in the ring with me and the Enforcer. We'll take you on. Arn has walked over more football players on his way to the bathroom than you have in your entire career. And this is where Kevin Green comes in. And they look scared as fuck. <laughs> and I don't blame them because I would have been too. Because that is a big, bad motherfucker. Yeah, yeah you don't and my understanding, <laughs> My understanding from listening to Eric Bischoff talk about Kevin Green and his time in WCW is he was actually a pretty talented in ring. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, really, really enjoyed this, and really did well in the roles that he played. So yeah, when, yeah, he was he, he was in there as a fan. He wanted to do it. And actually, like the like the uh, the Panthers were like trying to get him to stop, and he was like, "No, fuck y'all." <laughs> uh, DDP wins the Battle Bowl, which means he gets a title shot against the Giant. Unfortunately, I know that DDP does not beat the Giant to become champion for the first time, so I know that that's not going to happen. But but. He gets something else for winning that battle ball. Yes. Yes, he does. And we'll talk about that here in a second. <laughs> Listen, I love seeing DDP at this point in his career after all the bullshit we saw with Johnny B. Bad and his wife and the booty man and all this just bullshit they put him through getting a big win here on a pay-per-view for a title match. And he gets a ring. <laughs> which reminds me <laughs> of another ring yeah 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 that was one in a company that has often been compared to wcw yeah that's why when my, he came out after you know mjf won that ring i'm like oh that's why they did that i see what they're doing there i kind of wish it was the same ring that would have been awesome if it was the that same would've... battle bowl ring my thing is he doesn't defend this ring right no i don't well, Maybe. I don't remember. Because if he doesn't defend this ring, 
and MJF doesn't defend his ring because they've got that TNA title or TNT title. So they've got their mid-card title. So the ring, I need the ring to be defended. I don't understand why we had this match for this ring and then he just has the yeah. ring and no one can take I, the ring from him. At this point, I don't remember what really happened with that ring, mostly because coming up is when things, other things start rolling and I just stopped caring about anything else. <laughs> Captain Insano defeats Sting for the World Heavyweight title. Um, Jimmy Hart. For the people the who have not seen The Water Boy, sir, who was Captain Insano? Well, same person that won the World Heavyweight Championship from Ric Flair that we talked about earlier. So if everyone was paying attention during this show, they know who Man, the champion paying is. paying attention to you, though. I mean, like I've told you before, you talk a lot. That's kind of my job here. If I did, it'd be I mean, a very I mean, shitty show. Start to tune you out after a while, too. So they probably do. Very shitty show. Um, yeah, Captain Insano defeats Sting for the World Heavyweight title. Jimmy spends the entire match begging Lex Luger to basically take him back. Like, he's like a girlfriend that got dumped and just won't let go. I actually, it reminds me of this girl I dated in high school. And when I broke up with her, she literally dropped to the floor crying and grabbed my leg. And I walked like three classrooms down before she let go of my leg. Like I dragged her across the floor. I feel really bad about that. That was kind of a dick move. But South I did Holland or Dyer? Oh, South Holland. Hmm. Okay. She was a white girl. Ah, oh, okay. Gotcha. Now I know who you're talking about. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to figure out which one. I'm just like, wait, who was it? Okay. She pierced her fingernails. It was a whole thing. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So he's begging at some point they get handcuffed together. Um, Sting goes for the death lock. Jimmy Hart hits Sting with the megaphone by accident. And it's unsure if as Luger was fighting over the megaphone with Jimmy Hart, if, Luger pulled the megaphone intentionally into Sting's face. Threw it. Or not. Threw that because shit, we're dude. still fucking doing this shit with Sting and Lex Luger for no goddamn reason. Because I don't even care, Travis. I don't. I don't care if they break up and if they fight and who wins the match. I don't give two shits at this point. I don't. I just want them to stop doing this tag team back and forth is luger a good guy is luger a bad guy bullshit i'm done giant gets, the time. giant gets the choke slam in the win yeah yeah this slamvery thing they were just you know they were trying to do something different they tried they failed it wasn't good not at all not at all this is a very mm -hmm. bad stretch sir and you're a trooper for getting through it <laughs> dude i looked at how many episodes i had to watch and i was like fuck my life why did they wait so long to put on a fucking pay-per-view? But you got one that actually comes up sooner this time, which is good. Because the episode of Nitro about to get longer. <laughs> I think it's the one coming up or the one after the one coming up. Like the it's either the next Nitro or the Nitro after that they go to two hours. Great. Here's but the but you made Scott it. Scott Hall's coming. I know you Scott Hall's it. coming. You know you why I know Scott Hall's coming? Because I see the picture of Scott Hall every time <laughs> I start in fucking December and I go back through the episodes to get 
to where I need to be to add them to my queue to watch them. I skip over the Scott Hall episode with his picture there. I'm like, oh, there he is. Oh, shit. I've got 47 fucking episodes to get through before I get there. And a shitty-ass pay-per-view about a fucking battle bowl and the lethal lottery, which I'm sure was a Dusty Rhodes thing. And there are some things that Dusty did that were fantastic. There are some Dusty things that are god-fucking-awful. And listen, I pray to God AEW does not do a battle bowl or a lethal lottery ever they steal a lot of dusty shit just stick to the good shit all right stick to the good dusty shit admit that your dad had some flaws cody and don't bring back all of his shit don't do it if we see a version of the battle bowl sometime this year i'm going to laugh just know i'm going to laugh oh yeah once again i can admit when stuff is bad this is what i told you like this is a really bad stretch you are a trooper for getting through this stretch right here sir and i still it it was hard for me I like they say that the barbarian and Ming are part of the dungeon of doom still, but I don't know if there is a dungeon of doom because thank God there wasn't a whole lot of it, even though we still had Kevin Sullivan. I don't know why Kevin Sullivan has kind of made himself an honorary member of the four horsemen and is teaming himself with Arn Anderson. Well, he's trying to hold that alliance together. You know, it's it's happening. There's no alliance. Hulk Hogan has defeated that alliance. It is done. It is over with. We need to move on. Yeah, but he still hates Hulk Hogan. Well, everyone hates Hulk Hogan. I still hate Hulk Hogan. It is what it is. I don't need any more of the Dungeon and, of Doom. And you bash him every chance you get, too. So, you know. Where the, why the fuck is Benoit not with Arn Anderson and Ric Flair if they're part of the Four Horsemen? That's that's what I don't understand is this incarnation of the Four Horsemen. We're supposed to have Brian Pillman, but I haven't seen Brian Pillman in, since, I think, Uncensored or before Uncensored. Well, they talked about it here. He had a, he had a, he was in a car accident. Chris Benoit has not been with his team the entire time he's been part of the Four Horsemen. There was one time where he got off a plane by himself. He comes out and has matches and just goes like this, but he has not been associated with the Four Horsemen at all this entire time as a member of the Four Horsemen. He will. He will. There. You'll see. Once the, there's, there's some things that are coming together now. That Yeah, you'll see. And Jimmy Hart's so worried about Lex Luger that he doesn't know if the giant is still part of the dungeon of doom or not part of the dungeon of doom or let me tell you the dungeon of doom there's there's never going to be there's there's never going to be an official this is the end of the dungeon of doom it's just kind of gonna fade into you know fade out of existence it just won't be mentioned anymore immediately Mm. can i forget about it now because i saw commercials for wcw saturday night where they're talking about the shark and shit i'm like oh that's still a thing he's still around why stop just call them the faces of fear. Stop mentioning the Dungeon of Doom. Kick Kevin Sullivan off TV. Make me happy. Because I know Hulk Hogan's not going anywhere. That's still a fucking thing. Yeah, he's so. not going anywhere. Fuck. Yeah. If I remember correctly, though, like Hogan's about to be off of TV for a while. I'm pretty sure. I feel like... Remember back when... We were doing those watch along episodes of WWF and we watched all the good shit in WWF. I feel like after we get to the good shit in WCW, if we ever go back to watch alongs, I need to punish you with some bad shit that I don't think I got to find something that like, it can't be bad shit like this. Like, it's not like I can go do like 94 WWF because as bad as that was like, you'd enjoy it. Cause you enjoy that shit. I've got to find something that Travis won't enjoy. That's bad for Travis and punish Travis with that and make him drudge through that. That's what I got to do. I got to figure that out. Like NXT, 
Like, make Travis watch old episodes of NXT that are actually pretty good, but it's got, like, Neville, who he doesn't give a shit about, as champion. And, yeah, I, I'll find something. Not that I haven't been punishing you with AEW this entire time, or at least that's what you tell everyone, though I think secretly it's your favorite show because it's basically WCW. No, no, it's it's not WCW at all. It's it tries to be it's like it's like, you know, it's like WCW's little brother who's like, I want to be just like my big brother, but I'm gonna do things better than he does, but he forgets to do the good shit. <laughs> so WCW is Terrence and AEW is Travis? Kinda. It took a while okay. for Travis to get his shit together. And also, you know, WCW went real bad at some point. <laughs> So yes, it's exactly like that. Okay, it's, it's actually I'm a. Glad perf- I made a. It's actually a accurate. Per- it's a, actually a very perfect analogy. AEW is like Travis when he's ten. Okay. And you know WCW is you know Terrence when he's twenty. It is it's actually perfect right now. And inside AEW is Adam Page who has a drinking problem, and inside ten-year-old Travis was someone with a drinking problem just waiting to come out. You say that. Actually, but... I'm very proud of you for that that time you spent uh, not drinking. Exactly. Did a very good job. And look exactly. at you sober right now. Exactly. All the what we do, like hour and four, almost two hours of a podcast. I didn't see you take a single drink. I mean, I, t- it, I drank from this, but it wasn't alcohol. Yeah, no, I'm proud of you. Good for you. There's nothing to be proud of. You're the only one that thinks I had a problem. I I disagree. I'm sure that actually I know for a fact. The John and Mara also no, no, no. talk to you. I about mean, that you're problem. the only one on this podcast who thinks I have a problem. Okay. Not in the world, because no. if you go to the world. No, there are other the people cre- who think I have a problem. The too. Creation world. Yeah. 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 Because once again, you all think I can't just stop drinking, and I did, because I can. It's not like I have to do it. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> all right, Travis. This was fun. Was it? No, it really wasn't. It was <laughs> Like, it was fun for me. I'm not going to lie. I'm not even going to bullshit you guys. I didn't watch any of the Battle Ball matches at all. What I did to. was. You didn't have to. Look, they were all I, tag matches. They were all going to get the same basic shit that happened in every no, no, match. No, no, no. Just so you guys know, I watched the first one up until I realized that Animal and Hawk weren't going to fight each other. And then I said, fuck this. And what I would do is I would start a segment. And then I would rewind 30 seconds and catch the end of it just to see who won the match. Then I would jump to the next segment and rewind 30 seconds just to see until I got to the world title match. And then I watched that debacle. And I even fast forwarded through some of that. You didn't watch the battle bowl? No, I did not watch the battle bowl. Mm. I watched the first elimination of the battle bowl and I got pissed off. I'm like, well, that's a DQ. And then I jumped to the end and <laughs> I watched GDP win by pinfall. And I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? He just won by pinfall. And actually, if you think about it, yeah, Battle Bowl is a no DQ match. There you go. There's your solution right there. It's no DQ. Yeah, but if it's no DQ, it still doesn't warrant someone being eliminated by being thrown over the top rope. That doesn't When that's the stipulation of the match, yes, it does. That's how you win the Royal Rumble is by throwing people over the top rope. That's the stipulation of the match. The WWF didn't have a no over the top rope rule while they were doing the Royal Rumble. This rule Company that you wide. keep bringing up is not part of the stipulation of the match. It's like part of the stipulation of the company. It's not important, Travis. It was something you made I it important. Like. I thought it was stupid. I thought it was fucking stupid. 
just like you didn't seem to like my analogy about Hulk Hogan and the cocaine and the DP of Jimmy Hart's water uh, of uh, DDP's wife and all that. So if you say so, I'm going to do this again. Oh yeah. It's oh, going to yeah. get better from here. But to say you've trudged through all the bad stuff. You're about to start getting rewarded. You sure? Yeah. Yeah. Because I know for a fact that Hulk Hogan is still Hulk Hogan. He's not Hollywood Hulk Hogan. I know for a fact that sting is still sting. You've told me that Kevin Sullivan ain't going anywhere. So, yeah, Scott Hall's going to show up, but I feel like there's still a whole lot of bad here. Yeah, but it's this is when it starts the uptick, though. Like I said, you're about to, I didn't say you were going to be rewarded. I said you're going to start to get rewarded. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, make it all this is worth been... that bash at the beach. No, it won't. Anyway, because I know what happens at Bash at the Beach. I've seen it a million times. It's not going to be a surprise. It's not going to be great. And it's just going to make Hulk Hogan even that more prominent in the stories and the TV. I am actually excited to get to the part where, like, Hulk Hogan pulls a severed head that looks like his out of a box. (laughs) Stuff like that. That's the dumb shit I want to get into. But anyway, this has been Return to Wrestling. I want to thank everyone for coming by and listening, especially if you were listening to us on Patreon. Thank you for that. We do appreciate it. We appreciate you checking out the audio and video versions, which you guys can find at YouTube and Pornhub. If you guys need to look for this or the Smack and Raw podcast, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Matt Ritter. That is at M-A-T-T-R-I-D-D-E-R. And there are link trees on my Twitter profile that will take you to either the audio or video versions where you guys can watch us. Also over to the Patreon. So if you are listening to this episode and it has been released on audio or on video on YouTube, then the next episode is already available on Patreon. So you guys can go check that out and get ahead of everyone and be caught up with us. Did I say that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. They, I they, felt like I got it. It got confusing. It. Um, yeah, if you're listening to this on YouTube or podcast services, you know, you can watch the next episode early by subscribing to the Patreon. There you go. So if you're listening to this now, there's already a new episode up that you guys can go get now. $5 along with a bunch of other content that we've provided for you that is worth it. You guys can also go follow Travis at Sir Cussalot. That is at S-I-R underscore C-U-S-S-A-L-O-T-T on Twitter and Instagram. And please, ladies and gentlemen, go follow The Creation World. That is T-H-E-C-R-E-A-T-I-A World on both Twitter and Instagram. We would appreciate it because Creation World brings you all of the podcasts, not just Smackin' Raw, not just Return to Wrestling. It also brings you Super Flashy Arrow of Tomorrow. It brings you the Creation Conversation. It brought you Hashtag Them Thrones. It brought you Wild Wild West World. So please go support that, check that out, and go listen to other podcasts you might enjoy. You're not just a wrestling fan. Everyone has things they enjoy outside of wrestling. There's got to be something out there that we do for you other than this that you're going to enjoy. You won't hear my voice because Travis banishes me to this one podcast, but you'll hear other people. They're all right. They're not as good as me, but oh, they're all right. Matt has made guest appearances on other shows before while he's being a little bitch about it. Against your wishes. The reason why it happened is irrelevant. Be more results-oriented, sir. Or Sir Cussalot, Travis Pointer, unless I forgot to plug something. I am the warden, Matt Ritter. We have been 
return to wrestling. I don't remember how I close this show. So have a good night, everyone. Peace.